On this episode of The Trillist, we have... I'm 5'11", so I think my, my initial attraction to people usually has to do with height, and I think women are often uh, put down for saying that they like taller men. I'll meet white guys who are amazing, clearly like me, right? But then there's that conversation of, oh, we can't date because I can't bring you back home to my racist family. And I'm like, what? For me as an Asian woman, it feels really weird when people do that because there's been such a history of like Asian women being fetishized. For more chill content, follow the Trillis Instagram at T H E T R I L L E S T underscore podcast. And check out Sia's Insta at L I N D A L E B B I E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate our podcast it will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends your family your loved ones just share it hello everyone welcome to today's episode of the trillist on today's episode we have three lovely young ladies we have purple hello green hi and orange hello So before we get into today's episode, I would like to ask each of you what you're interested in, what your life passions are, what is your North Star? I am based in Washington, D.C., and I study international affairs with a focus on security policy. I I haven't necessarily found my my place in the world, my niche, uh, and I'm not really sure what I want to do, but I am guided by my values, what I'm passionate about, and and sort of a service mindset um, because I would like to leave the world a better place than how I found it. I'm currently a student at Penn uh, studying business. I just kind of knew that I wanted to you know, find a career where I'd be able to interact with different kinds of people. And um, it felt like business was just a good path because it opened so many different horizons for me. So I'm studying a lot of things. I'm actually a triple major. So I'm studying international relations, legal studies, and management in Wharton. Um, And I'm minoring in French. So I kind of got a lot on my plate here. But I actually feel like they all really go well together. My initial interest um, was really kind of going on what was going on in Haiti, um, just because I am of Haitian descent. My mother is a immigrant, 
And so I kind of just wanted to figure out how we could really boost the Haitian economy and advocate for people and kind of fix some of the remnants of colonialism. All of you are so accomplished and so passionate in a variety of ways. And I love how with purple and orange, you spoke about the world and how different policies affect how people live, whether that be human trafficking or the afterlife of colonialism. It's very important. And even with what Green mentioned, business, whether that be in tech or finance or even the food industry, is also very impacted by the world. You know, we live in a global civilization. We have so much connection to other countries and it's always important to stay up to date on what is happening domestically and internationally. And I say all this to say, as the listeners have heard, but if you're new, welcome. Uh, the Economist sponsors The Trillist, this podcast, and it is wonderful. I have been subscribed to The Economist since I was a freshman, freshman fall. And I personally love it because, again, I am West African. I love to stay up to date on what is going on there, but I'm also interested in the global world and what's happening in Iran or in Venezuela. And it's very important to just know what's happening around the world and how it affects our daily lives. So lucky for all of our lovely listeners and your loved ones, your friends and family, we have a personal economist link that you can click on and get a 12-week economist subscription, digital or print or both. For, for the digital subscription, it is $19 for students and $25 for everyone else. So get your life. It is a wonderful deal for quality news coverage that makes sure that you are knowledgeable in a variety of fields. So again, the link is in our description. Get your life and also share the love, share the knowledge. As the title precludes, today we will be discussing... um, let's say, dating or sexual attraction preferences. We are in the month of February. Valentine's Day is coming up. And we live in a multicultural, global, interconnected community. When dating, we are exposed to a variety of people. So I have been on TikTok. (laughs) I've noticed that with TikTok, they have a big push for interracial dating and so on. I wonder why. Along with interracial dating, there's a big push for, I don't know, white guys, Asian guys, X, Y, and Z guys saying, oh, black girls are cute. I would date a black girl, blah, blah, blah. Or saying, oh, I love X, Y, and Z girl because this and that. And it just made me think that we need to have conversations on sexual attraction, preferences, and how that's shaped by society, and so on. To begin, could each of you please let me know if you have a dating sexual attraction preference? 
This doesn't just have to be racial, it can be other qualities uh, and other physical qualities as well. I'm five foot 11. So I think my, my initial attraction to people usually has to do with height. And I think women are often uh, put down for saying that they like taller men. Um, but I like to joke that I have an excuse because I'm taller than a lot of men. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely do have a preference when it comes to that. And I have more specific preferences about like interests and that kind of a thing. But I, I would say that's like the the first impression moment that I will notice the most. I guess for me, like it's usually been a lot less about looks and more about like intelligence and personality. Unlike purple, I am not that tall, but I, I say that I mean so tall guys, but somehow I've like not really ended up with tall guys. So um clearly like my the type that I say I'm into is sometimes like not actually the type that I end up with. The type that I end up with is usually like super smart guy, like accomplished, like funny. I find this question kind of difficult. I've definitely been asked it before. Um, I'm a person who has no problem dating outside of my race or ethnicity. I'm definitely cool for that. Doesn't mean I don't love my black kings. I do. Um, But I guess it's kind of like depending on which ethnic or racial background my tastes kind of change. Um, And I'm bisexual. So I, it also depends on gender as well. Um, Across height, race, um, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, I'm really just into confidence. Like, it doesn't really matter what you look like. I just want you to walk into the room and own it. Like orange, I don't necessarily have a type. Like, racially, I'm open to everything. I think what my type is, is like foreign and different. I like different, I like a different culture, speak another language, awesome, you know, just that. I don't want to say novelty because it then goes into the side of fetishization. I just like learning new things and I believe that I know when I have kids, I want my kids to be exposed to different cultures and languages and grow up in this like beautiful hodgepodge of my West African culture and everything I love about that and then my husband's culture as well and if he's also West African that would be amazing and beautiful and I would love that. How do you think your preferences whether that be height well purple kind of spoke on this that you're tall so that's how you like tall people But how did your other preferences for even intelligence or uh, based on the type of person, individual you're dating, how those preferences fluctuate? How did those come to be? I think the height thing is because I'm tall and I'm also, I'm kind of a bigger woman and I kind of like to feel smaller. That feeling of being hugged by someone who's bigger than you is really nice. But I will follow up and say my other preferences, um, I, I also am very attracted to people who are really smart and engaged and are willing to have an argument with me. Um, and I think it's because I enjoy people who challenge me and 
I enjoy surrounding myself with people who make me want to be a better version of myself in a very positive way. Like I don't, I don't want to feel put down or uh, like patronized, but I definitely want to be able to have productive conversations because I, I have a lot of interests and I want there to be that dynamic flowing. Um, I'm also really attracted to people with musical talent. Music is a huge passion of mine. I'm down for like any race, any background, just people who challenge me and are encouraging and they're interesting to be around. I'm Asian, so um, I've generally been into Asian and white guys, but I've ended up dating white guys. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I used to doubt myself a lot about that. But more important for me is sort of like the confidence and just like the self-assuredness that I think um, just on a whole, white guys um, tend to have more, you know, by nature of like, what it means to be Asian in this country, because, you know, even for me, like, I had a lot of sort of doubts about myself. And, like, it's hard to be confident and feel confident in an environment where, like, you know, everybody's white. And um, I think that negatively, like, impacts you when you're when you are a minority, especially when you're in environments like finance, where you feel like a minority like that. I think that as time has gone on, like, I've grown more aware of those preferences. And sort of as, um, as I get older, I'm thinking more about like, you know, in a serious relationship, like my parents don't speak English very well, like what it means to be like with somebody who's like, not, you know, not Asian, because if they can't communicate with my parents, like, you know, there, there's a lot of factors that have become more prominent to me as I've like dated people more, like as, as my parents have met my significant others, like that, you know, make it a little more complicated. I'd say my preferences are all over the place just because of how I grew up. So like in elementary school, I watched a lot of foreign films. So I definitely fell in love with languages and people who could speak different languages um, and had a hardcore emo phase. So people who are in bands, piercings, tattoos, um, a lot of white guys, just because elementary school, I went to a PWI. And then when I got to middle school, still kind of emo, but I really got the first like chance to actually experience being around Black and Latin people more, which was fantastic and such a world-changing experience, but was difficult at the same time, just because I don't typically fit into a specific type of Black woman. I'm not exactly what People think I'm a little all over the place in my interests and tastes. And that kind of makes it difficult because I, on one end, have the racial standpoint, which for a lot of men can be something that's um, in the way. I think it's really interesting right now that we're seeing kind of a push for Black women. I'm really happy about that. But at the same time, I'm not the Instagram baddie that people are into right now. But then... Um, it's just, it's all over the place. But as far as interest and taste, I also come from a really multicultural family as far as there's no, like, we don't traditionally um, date other Black people or marry other Black people. Like, there are definitely people in our family who are married to other Black people. But I'd say it's about 50-50 as far as marrying someone 
outside of our race or ethnicity and then getting with someone who's in the same category. Um, And then, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of, you know, it's really based off of what I'm around and who I'm around, but definitely having spent time abroad, I'd say that I really have a love for non-American men just because I feel like race isn't as big of a factor when I talk to um, non-American men. But at the same time, it's kind of interesting because I've encountered a level of fetishization because to them, I'm just American. And for some reason, that's cool abroad. Where exactly abroad were you? Were you in France? Yeah, um, I spent most of my time abroad in France. I actually went to Amsterdam for a little bit too, and that was cool. But yeah, I'd say France was really interesting in that um, I definitely think that whole they don't see color thing is absolute bullshit. Like, it's just not true. But at the same time, there is a lot more intermingling. So as far as, I guess, having success with white guys, it's been a lot more successful there for me. But it's also really cool because I had the first like opportunity to meet West African men, which was so different for me just because like I'm Caribbean. So I know uh, Caribbean men really well. I've grown up here in the States. So African-American men, also different, but kind of the differences in culture and dating within the diaspora themselves, I think are crazy. And it's interesting to see how the treatment of the relationship and me myself differed depending on who I'm dating or who I'm with. I watched this YouTube video by a YouTuber called Khadija Mbawa, and she's Senegalese American Canadian. Uh, super cool, super beautiful, and she kind of made a video about uh, preferences and so on. And now even with this trend of pronouncing your love for X community is, uh, I guess people, especially members of that community, feel like, yes, we're finally getting the recognition that we too are special and uh, deserve to be chased after. But then it, again, it's a, well, we're not some kind of game to be played and we shouldn't need your validation to tell us that. And uh, the people who do this kind of do it in a way that they're looking for clout because they know that's what the algorithm uh, wants and that's what goes viral and so on. A group is not a monolith. Everyone's so different. Like Orange said, you can be a Black girl that likes goth whatever and like purple I know purple really likes soul and so on so again there's all these nuances and differences and it's important to embrace that I wanted to know what all of your thoughts were on this uh I guess trend on social media and then I also wanted to know that looking back on your dating history or even the history of like the types of individuals that you've liked do you see a trend And if so, what is that trend? I wanted to echo that. I saw a video recently on Instagram where um, I cannot remember the account's name, but she made a video where she was like, why are all these white boys um, making videos where they say that they like black girls as if it's like a coming out video? And she was like, are y'all okay? Like, 
what is going on. And I think that that's really interesting because I completely agree. There is definitely a trend right now that like be having this like liberal out mindset, especially from, from white people. And I am white. Um, I, I think to be seen as, um, accepting and whatever is seen is like very sexy, but like you said, it's, it's so clout chasing that it's very surface level and it's still reducing, especially women. I think it's targeted toward women. It reduces them to like an aesthetic. Um, and, and that bothers me a lot. I would say in my own personal experience, um, I haven't dated a lot, but I am attracted to a wide spectrum of guys. But yeah, I, I think that the the realm of types and preferences, especially when it comes from a white perspective, can it really rides that line of interest and fetishization. It's so fascinating that you mentioned how uh, some white individuals call it out. And on the shade room, there was a TikTok that was posted of this white man who says he loves black women because he's interested in sociology and uh, issues studied in sociology impact black women more. And that's what he likes. Also, he has black friends and uh, white girls would question why he has a lot of black friends, whereas black women won't, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And they featured him, the video, on The Breakfast Club and had a call-in portion for uh, non-Black people. It was mostly white people that called in, though, to speak on if they've dated in the past or are currently dating a Black individual, why they do so and whatever. And again, uh, culture played into it a lot and interest in music. But what I wanted to point out is that a lot of times, I personally, one of my... Uh, old neighbors, a white woman who loves black men. Like, that's her type. But, and she has uh, mixed kids, black and white kids. She spoke about her husband's ex-wife, who's African, and their kids as being monkeys. And she actually said this to my mom. First of all, there's two issues going on here. You yourself have black children, so it's really sad that you refer to other black individuals as monkeys, and it lets me know what are you saying to your own children. And uh, there's been interviews with famous mixed people that have white moms who have commented on how even though their mom was with a black man and had black kids, she was racist. And again, it's this whole thing of you can be racist and still be with someone of a different race. We see it all the time. Apparently, there were some white men at the January 6th uh, terrorism attack at the Capitol who were with uh, Confederate flags and all of that stuff. And it was traced back that they had black wives and black families and so on. And I knew about this because my aunt sent it to me, like, what the hell is going on? And so weird. And it just reminded me that just because you like something different does not mean that you're, you are not racist, you know? And it goes for guys and girls. There's 
a famous actress who has a black mom and a white dad. And she said her dad would say some pretty ignorant stuff. Her parents are still married to this day. And that's like awkward, you know, to be around that. So I wanted to point that out. And also, black Twitter loves Chris Evans because apparently he's dated black women in the past and is in black culture and helped Regina King up the steps to get her Academy Award. Uh, So they've nicknamed him Chris Jamal Evans. And I just wanted to know your your thoughts on that whole thing of uh, letting non people of a certain race into the cookout because they've been they've dated an individual of that race or been exposed to that culture. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. Um, I I work for an organization right now um, that deals with uh, women in leadership. And we have this conversation all the time that like just sticking women into things isn't going to make things feminist. And it's not going to make things balanced. Because I think that it's it's similar with people's preferences or who they end up with racially it doesn't make you automatically like a good person i think the last thing you said about chris evans is really interesting to me because when i was in like 8th grade i had a friend approach me who was black who was like you have a black card and you can like use the n word and i was so uncomfortable with that and i will say i never did because i think it's wrong I think that's kind of a weird thing where there's like a door and they're like, oh, let me open the door and bring you in, like you said, to the cookout. And I find that to be a really weird place. And for my mixed friends, I've had a lot of conversations with them about that. For me, something that I really value about where we're from is there's a very large Hispanic population, particularly Dominicans. And your interpretation of your experience growing up where in Salem, where we're from, is different from what I remember. We did go to different high schools, but it's like, I am the whiteness you grew up around, but I consider you to be part of the diversity that I grew around, grew up around as well. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I kind of wonder if that informs, like our interpretations of our experiences in the same place informs our preferences and not just dating, but also our friends and the people who we surround ourselves with. To quickly answer that, the whole thing with Dominicans, a lot of Dominicans like to deny their blackness. There was even this tweet uh, on Black Twitter, and it said, on a scale of Nigerian to Dominican, how black are you? So again, just seeing those two uh, dichotomies of, yes, we are black, we are proud to be black, or even like Haiti, as Orange can tell, Haitians love their blackness, first black nation to rebel against their the white man and free themselves from slavery and all of that powerful stuff you know and they love this history but in dr it's not necessarily like that i see now that there's this big wave for people saying i'm afro-latina i'm afro-latino whatever but that wasn't necessarily how it was growing up and my friend group was very white until 10th grade when i was like I'm tired, I'm done with this, and kind of broke away from that white friend group. And that's when I got friends who were uh, Dominican. And again, they're mixed, but they are, I would consider, like Afro-Dominican. They have at least a Black grandparent, probably two, maybe three. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out, because you're right about that. I think your point about Haitians and Blackness is interesting, because that's not my experience. 
I'd say Haitians in America are really proud to be black, but Haitians in Haiti are just Haitians. Like my grandparents and my mom, like I've said, are immigrants. And um, like I never heard my grandparents refer to themselves as black until I was in high school, you know, and there's strong colorism in Haiti and kind of a caste system almost like, um, like both of my grandparents and consequently my mom are biracial. Right. And I remember going to a museum on like hate, like an exhibit on Haitian history. Um, I'm from South Florida. So it was, you know, um, the South Florida museum, which makes sense because we have a lot of Haitian immigrants here. And there's kind of this uh, tableau where it ex- like it literally shows the caste system from white to black and all of the mixes you can be. And essentially, like, my grandfather pointed to somewhere in the middle and he goes, that's where we are, you know? And seeing how the people who have married into our family who are white on my mom's side have been treated better than people like my dad, who's black Jamaican, right? And also Latin as well, but he pre- predominantly um, reps Jamaica, right? How they're treated differently by the rest of my family. Like perhaps this is just a family thing, but I would not say that their locations as a whole are proud to be black. I think we're proud to be the first black nation, but there are definitely Haitians who are like Dominicans where we put being Haitian and immigrants in Caribbean before blackness, just because blackness in America is a completely different thing. And unfortunately, um, you can see a marked difference between how you're treated as someone who's, you know, Caribbean versus as someone who's a black American, like the treatment is completely different. It's actually crazy. So you see a lot of emphasis on the fact that we haven't been here since slavery. Thanks for speaking on that and uh, showing that nuance. Colorism is a huge thing across all of the diaspora and even in uh, Asian and Middle Eastern cultures and countries as well. You definitely see colorism there. And I feel like it's due to colonialism and Europeans fucking up everyone's beauty standards. So thank you, Europe, for that one. Uh, So thanks for mentioning that. I think it's interesting. Like, I I feel like it's sort of the same thing. Like, I think someone, I think it was Purple who mentioned kind of this notion that it's almost like coming out, which it's crazy. Like, I don't feel like people should have to come out. But when you think about the whole scenario and how you're markedly different and how people should know that you know and be accepting of you for that I think is interesting but it's you know it's a difficult conversation like it's nice from the standpoint of like as a black woman as a black woman who's experienced instances in which I've been attracted to men of other races but I you know essentially automatically counted myself out because I spent so much time, um, at least in the 2000s and the 10s, understanding that my blackness can be kind of an inhibitor to dating. My first boyfriend, and I say boyfriend very loosely, 
um, was like a white Jewish guy. And I was so happy, so excited just because having been to PWI, it was so great to find that, wait, white guys can actually like me? Like, what? This is crazy. And it was even better because, you know, I have natural hair. Like, the 2000s were all about, like, sleek, straight hair, the perfect perm, or, like, the blowout, or, like, you know, the silk press. And it was fantastic for me, but he broke up with me literally a day after starting to date. And I didn't know why. I was like completely sad because we had been really good friends that had built up a relationship prior. And he didn't tell me until two years later after his mom was essentially like, you need to tell this girl why. And he explained that he could not handle his friends teasing him about dating a black girl. And, you know, obviously there was some really racist shit said about me. Um, but I, I think it's interesting and performative at the same time, people coming out and going, this is who I like. Like, I think that a lot of us minority women appreciate it from the standpoint of, we now feel like we might have access to people we haven't had access to before. But at the same time, I feel like you shouldn't have to say that. I feel like your dating history should show that you're open to it you know, that you're open to dating people from different backgrounds. Um, I think something else you had said before, I think it might have been a question about seeing kind of um, patterns within dating history. I think I've had a pattern of dating aloof people because I find them interesting and I want to know their secrets. Um, But at the same time, I've definitely noticed that for the most part, I flip-flopped between black and white men, not necessarily because those are my preferences. I actually love Asian men and Latin men and indigenous men, but, you know, I don't really feel like they love me. Um, But I have a tendency to kind of go back and forth because I'll meet white guys who are amazing, clearly like me, right? But then there's that conversation of, oh, we can't date because I can't bring you back home to my racist family. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? And then I'll date black guys and I'm super happy. And obviously I could be brought back to their family. But at the same time, there's a hesitation to introduce me to their friends because I'm not um, like the second I open my mouth and start talking about my interests, I don't fit into quote unquote black life. Like I love anime and while I'm seeing a lot of blurs come out, which I'm super excited about that, you know, something that hasn't been really considered part of black culture. If I use like dating apps and stuff when I'm swiping, I talk about this with my friends all the time. Um, I agree that it is, it's incredibly reassuring to know that people are open to dating anyone, no matter what race or background they are or their potential partners would be. Um, but my, my like number one red flag is when I see like a white guy and all his pictures on Tinder, he only has white friends. And I feel like that's one of the like markers that I use to like gauge that and I agree that the the performativeness of the whole like oh coming out to like people who are different is really 
uncomfortable and I, I would say kind of problematic. Um, but I, I think that's a really interesting point. And it breaks my heart that you had that experience when you were younger. It's really interesting hearing you guys talk about all this because, you know, I I grew up in a in a place where basically like everybody was Asian or if they weren't Asian, they were like white. And um, it's like, you know, I haven't, I didn't really have close black friends until Penn, like my freshman year roommate was uh, Nigerian. And, you know, I just didn't really have these conversations until Penn. And for me, like sort of, it's from the opposite, kind of like the opposite end of like the spectrum when it comes to like people stating their preferences where like I, for me as an Asian woman, it feels really weird when people do that because, you know, there's a history instead of like for black women where it's like uh, men feel, you know, almost like you know, feel ashamed of like st- stating a preference for black women. It's like the other side of it where it's like, there's been such a history of like Asian women being fetishized and um, sort of like just, it's it always like makes me feel icky when people are like oh like I'm really into Asian women because of that and I guess like my takeaway on after all of this is that it's always like pretty icky to me when people like defining sort of like attraction preference like when when it's not like oh I'm into girls who are like have this personality trait or that personality trait but I'm into like this like xxx race kind of like girl because it it always seems to me like really like you're really generalizing an entire race and you think that every woman of that race is just going to be that like it always seems weird to me yeah thank you so much green for speaking on that because as we should all know uh in america specifically East Asian women are really fetishized. And again, I mentioned East Asian because, again, you have South Asian and even West Asian. I always wondered what it was like for women that belong to this group to feel that, I would imagine, ickiness. Thank you for speaking on that. I would like to thank all of you for coming on and speaking your truths. Orange. I'm sorry he did that to you. You're stunning. And it just sucks that he thought of what his friends would say. For everyone listening, please do not fetishize people. Please do not not approach someone because you feel like your family or friends will judge or that society won't approve. But also don't say I'm into X, Y, and Z because it's the hot thing to do. People are individuals, date the individual and the person and try to get to know them for them, whether they love anime or R&B and jazz, or whether they love to cook different foods and experiment with that. All of the listeners right now should check out 34th Street Magazine's Love Issue. It dropped February 11th and... Again, they will tackle more issues regarding love and attraction and so on. Peace and love. If you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast, that would be great. It would help us be more easily identifiable on iTunes and so on and grow our listenership. 
and tell your friends. Thank you. For more chill content, visit the Trillis underscore podcast on Instagram. T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E.